Hey, this is Zach Dolan. And this is Justin Pyatt. From Unlikely Heroes Studios and the Super Comic. All right, and you're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us we have Ross, the writer of death. Hello. We have Mike, the bringer of war. What's up? We have CBS, the guy who's keeping us all together, Pestilence. I'm a plague on your house. And the famine of Rob. Hi. Does that mean Rob's hungry? Most of the time. <laughs> all right. So that's Rob. Uh, so today we're doing episode uh, f- uh, 55. Yeah! All right. <laughs> that is right, right? Yeah? No? I don't know. Does anyone here count? <sighs> Take off your shoes, Ross. That's almost there. Episode 55. That's <laughs> because Samuel. Yeah, all right. Good stuff. Okay, so today, book-wise, uh, we're going to be doing Convergence, number one. The Guardians of the Galaxy team-up, number four. Reanimator, number one. Batman Arkham Knight, number two. And Avengers Millennium, number one. But first, let's do a little bit of uh, news with Ross and the dog pile. God damn it! <laughs> I don't have a lot this week. I know of one thing in particular, actually. What would that be? But uh, they announced that they're going to have a Green Lantern Star Trek crossover. What? what, what? Which is awesome. And it's the movie Star Trek, so the Chris Pine, Captain Kirk Star Trek. And it looks like just regular Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. So, like, new school Star Trek. Yeah. And Hal Jordan. Yeah, definitely saw a Klingon with a Sinestro ring. It makes perfect sense. Wow, that's pretty awesome. First time hearing of that. Yeah. So who's putting out? Is it DC or IDW? Yeah. It's IDW, I would guess, is probably the main publisher, but I'm sure it'll have both their names on the... It'll probably be like when they did Legend of Superheroes Star Trek. And they've announced the cover... Who's drawing the covers, but I don't think they've announced who's writing it and drawing it yet, which is kind of odd. Huh. Wow, that sounds cool. Right? Yeah. It should be really cool. Coming out in July. It sounds awesome. I'll show you July. Well, the Star Trek Apes thing finished up, right? Uh, yes. I don't want to say issue six came out this last week. It's supposed to be, yeah, that'd be the end of it. So I guess it's about time for another weird crossover thing. I guess, right? yeah. And speaking of crossovers, it's not super, super relevant to comics, but it has Batman in it. So okay. I guess it's kind of... They have a crazy new Lego, like a Disney Infinity Skylanders-style game coming out. That's correct. Which will apparently have a Batman in the main, like the starter set. But it'll also have a set that's Wonder Woman and Cyborg. Which is kind of an odd choice, but it's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty crazy. It looks like when you buy your your console Skylander thing, they're gonna do additional packs. 
um, including Marty yeah, and the Back Doc the from Back to the Future and the, and the Time Machine. Yep. So, like, if you're a big Lego game fan, get ready to pay out the wallet. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, it, it's good. It looks good. It I'm does. Gonna, I'm gonna try really hard not to buy it, but they put like everything I like in the one thing, so it's gonna be hard for me to not buy all of it. And those are the three characters they chose. Right now, my guess is there's that's their starter you set. You think Superman would be in the first wave? My guess is the next set, if it succeeds, which I have a hard time seeing it not succeeding, but yeah. if it succeeds, I think probably Superman, Green Lantern, and Flash. I don't know, maybe Aquaman, because they've made a couple of Aquaman sets now. So what about Flash, mm-hmm. I could see Flash pretty easy too. Mm-hmm. I could see Cyborg too. in the first wave, kind of. It's cool. I'm glad they put Cyborg in the first wave, but it seemed like an odd choice to me too. Yeah. Was he in the movie, in the Lego movie? No. The only one was in the Lego movie was Batman and I think Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And Superman. Oh, Superman was in the And Green yeah. Lantern. Was Green Lantern in the movie? I think The Flash might have been in it, too. Really? Green Lantern was definitely You know, maybe, maybe I didn't watch the movie well enough to know that answer. I have to watch it again now. Well, Batman plays a big part of it. Uh, I wonder if it's just that they didn't put him in originally for balance mechanics. Superman? Yeah. Probably. So. I could see that. I, mean, I don't know. I've never played any of those, any of like the Disney Infinity or Skylanders games. So I don't know how this game will work. If it'll be like a Lego game or if it'll be more like one of those type things. It's hard to say. It looks like a Lego game. Yeah. But everything looks so clean anymore. It was almost like this could be a movie. I don't know what they're, what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. But, and so I, I guess the other question is how much gameplay did we see? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I, I don't think we've seen a whole lot. I want to say most of that commercial with Joe McHale is not, none of that's going to be gameplay stuff. Yeah. I'm betting you're right. I think maybe in their flashes of seeing, like, Marty McFly and stuff, there might have been a little bit in there, but probably not a whole lot. I wouldn't say gameplay. I'd say more like, I don't know. Cutscenes. Cutscenes, yeah. yeah. It's possible. Most likely. But yeah, my guess is it's going to be like a Lego game, but who knows, you know? Yeah. Looks cool. Yeah, definitely, if, if LEGO wasn't making enough money, it definitely found a new way to make more money. The real kicker with this one, and I was talking to Steve about this the other day, is that it's really too bad Star Wars is owned by Disney now, because Star Wars was such a huge LEGO thing that That's it's, that it's going to be interesting not having that in Of course, there though, I don't know if Disney will take it away. I don't know. I guess maybe later. I, I'm sure that if they saw it as a way to make a lot of money, they probably wouldn't... Because, I mean, the Lego Marvel. Yeah, that's is, a good point. It's still they a made big that. deal. Yeah. So I guess you, you never know. They might just put it in there anyway. Yeah. So we could see Marvel characters and Star Wars characters in there. Which would be crazy because that'd be your DC Marvel crossover yeah. game. Oh, man. So you'd have Harrison Ford or, or uh, Indiana Jones or uh, Han Solo hang out with Batman. Yep. That'd be pretty And Spider Man. Essentially, if you get the Marvel in there too, yeah. What a and what a mess. Gandalf. Yes. No one invites Gandalf. He, he shows invites up. himself. Exactly. Wizard never shows up where he's not wanted <laughs> or <laughs> late. <laughs> I, yeah, I go with both those. <laughs> God, man. Wizard time. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um. So, uh, other news, Ross. That's all I've got. Really? Yeah. Man. So, uh, yes, the word on the street is that Jared Leto has snapped a couple photos of himself Joker-esque 
they've started showing up on the internet. Oh, really? It's mostly like, the only picture I've seen of it, it's just got him with green hair. And it's like hmm. him holding a camera, so it's very Killing Joke style. However, there's been nothing officially released yet. But he definitely has short hair versus his long Jesus hair from the Oscars and Emmys. Hmm. So, that's interesting that's movement. Cool. Um, they are talking about the next group writing the Flash movie, which I guess is going to be, this comes back to Lego a little bit. So, Phil, Philip Lord and uh, Christopher Miller, so the guys that wrote the Lego movie, I guess, are doing the Flash movie. I thought those names sounded familiar. Yeah, that's, that's what I know about that. Um, other movie nonsense, I mean, they, uh, they got Ben Hardy. Uh, I guess, cast now to play Angel in the next X-Men movie. There's a couple cool pictures that started circulating on the internet of, of that, too, with, like, the wings, the, the robot-looking wings. So, like, Archangel style. They hmm. look kind of cool. I mean, the pictures, it's interesting, so, I don't know. I guess we'll see about that. Um, other than that, man, I feel like there's something else that we're missing, but I don't know what... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Convergence started, so... Huzzah. Of course, uh, there's news for Mortal Kombat. All right, Rob, what's Mortal Kombat? All right, Mortal Kombat will be out this week. So that's one of the big things. Uh, DLC Goro will be ready first day. The other four DLC packs probably going to be looking more like June, July before all of them are ready to go. Uh, Jason may be a little bit sooner than that, but we'll see. Also, they've finally released, at least tentatively, a date for... PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 releases, which is going to be June 24th. So, at this point, that's the date they're aiming for, whether they'll get it or not. Who knows? But they've uh, they released all the characters so far. Um, it looks like it's going to be a heck of a game with a ton of online stuff. So, if you're a fight game fan, look for Mortal Kombat, and if you have been really let down with the online play for either Mortal Kombat or Injustice. Hopefully this will actually fix some of that and be a fun online fighting game. That's cool. Actually, I didn't even... I'm sure that people did have problems with Injustice online, but I thought it worked pretty good for yeah. my experience at least. I think a lot of people just didn't like that they felt like the balance wasn't very good, so like uh, skilled players were not always being shuffled I, off. Yeah, I could see that because there was a lot of times where I'd get paired up with people that would just destroy me right off the bat. But I always just figured I sucked at it, so that was why that was happening. <laughs> well, hopefully the balance will be a little bit better this time. But um, another thing that's going to be cool about it is while you're in the waiting room, instead of just watching the waiting screen, you'll be either able to watch other matches that are going on at the same time mm -hmm. or flip it over to a practice mode so you can actually practice your character while you're waiting to go into your match. That's pretty cool. It's actually like a combination of uh, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Because Smash Brothers, you could practice while you were waiting. Mm -hmm. In Mario Kart, you'd watch the race before you that you were joining in with that group. Wall. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a combination of those two types of... I like that a lot. And I also like that... Um, your online experience, you can also just go over and do the solo player towers. So you don't have to just go online to have an online experience. Oh, or you, I'm sorry, you just don't have to go online, but you don't have to fight against an actual opponent. Um, they're also setting up 5v5 matches that you can either jump into or um, you can actually set up with your friends. So if you get five people that you want on a server or whatever, 
they can all come together and you can have teams versus teams. Now, it's oh, not five okay. people playing at the same time. Yeah, I was like, how would that work? <laughs> it's it's going to be uh, like round-robin set up, so probably whoever is your lead is going to go until they're out, and then the next and the next and the next. So oh, That's interesting. Yeah. The uh, other cool thing is that, uh, and I think they did this on Injustice as well, but the big thing for Mortal Kombat is faction points, which there's going to be five factions that you're going to choose when you start the game, which will give you some stuff in the game. Uh, evidently the phone version of it, will also tally to your personal faction points huh. if you link them up. And then you'll get costumes and stuff, too. So, anyhow, mm. Mortal Kombat. Well, speaking cool. of Injustice and phone stuff, uh, they also released some new stuff for the Injustice phone game. Mm -hmm. um, Static Shock, um, Dark Side, and then uh, it looks like we got some of the Dark Side. I haven't actually seen this play-wise, but I've seen videos, so I don't know how much of it is actual play or not. We've seen a couple of the, uh, what are the girls called? Oh, Granny the Furies. Goodness is the Furies, yes. So that stuff should be pretty cool. New stuff to add to a game that's, I don't know, at this point, two, what, two years old? Yeah, it's been a while since since Injustice came out. So I, it's kind of cool that they're actually adding new characters into it still. I wish they'd add some new characters to the regular game. That'd be cool. It'd be nice. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to but it or not. That's already... Yeah, obviously it's, over its peak. Well, yeah, at this it's, point, it's so far down the hole, I think more likely we'll get a sequel game, but that's not anything that's in the works that I'm aware of. So I'm usually not much into fighting games, but, man, I sure love that one. The only other one I really got into was Primal Rage. Nice. Oh, my gosh, man. That's, that's, huh? that's I used the mole school. guy all yeah. the time. Yeah, man, okay. Primal Rage. Yeah, I, heard, I haven't thought of that game in a long time. Come on, come on, come on, guy. Yeah, yeah, I've been much. trying to think of the name of that for because uh, my son Cody... Right. All he loved, we loved that game. He loved it, and I mean, we've been trying to think of the name of it for like two months. Jeez, so we're talking about, and it just came to me today. <laughs> like magic. So, so if you are out there and you get Mortal Kombat X, and you want to destroy me, I'm going to be Ant Man 2050. You can find me and kill me on Mortal Kombat. Take that, <laughs> Rob. Like you painted a target right on himself without even trying. It'll be a good time. Yeah. I will believe you if you come into the store and you tell me you defeated me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yes, the only other thing really that we had Hollywood-wise happen this weekend, they did. Apparently, they were caught filming some Deadpool uh, movie scenes out on the one of the uh, viaducts over in uh, British Columbia. And so there's some video that showed up on the internet of that. We had to see the stunt double doing some awesome moves and. The CGI points around the eyes on the Deadpool mask, so that tells us that at least the face movement will be there, which is really cool. And uh, I don't know, there was a whole team of them. They looked awesome. Anyway, so there's a little bit of that out there, or photographs at this point, depending on if the video is still up or not. I assume it's still out there. Anyway, uh, so I guess we will move on to some books. Does that sound like a good plan, Ross? Yep, sounds good to me. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. I like how he didn't have to look up to tell me that. Yeah. All right, so I guess we're going to open up with uh, Convergence number one, Rob. Is that right? Yeah. So tell me a story about Convergence, Rob. Well, Convergence number one is going to be an interesting read. We're starting with a huge bang, and there's not a lot of lead-up to what is going to be this story. And there's a little bit of hunt and pecking to figure out who everybody is. So one of the big things that we start in, in the first issue with is characters from Injustice. And their kind of conflict erupting out of this as their city burns alive. 
the other thing that we're we're learning from this is that there's a uh, actually we learned this in zero so we can talk about it here it's not going to be like a spoiler for anything there's a an entire world that's been kind of set aside by the brainiacs or by brainiacs collectors where they've been saving doomed realities each of these doomed realities stays its own city kind of off on its own and there's evidently one giant central intelligence that is supposed to be watching over the collection. What we find out pretty quick is that the central intelligence hasn't responded back to the planet in a while. The keeper of the planet... Uh, the Totemaron guy. Yeah, I think that's not his real to- name. I don't remember his real name. Telos? Telos. There you go. Telos hasn't heard back from his master brainiac in quite a while. The bare-bones meat of the story is that we're introduced to quite a few characters from Earth 2 that have been ripped out of their own conflict. For some reason, they've been pulled across without their city. And Talos takes this as a sign that the creator wants him to abolish the cities and just have, like, one main city that's going to be the survivor, and it has to be the strongest of all the cities. And so he's taken this as this uh, sign from his absent god that like all the cities have to have a champion chosen and they're going to have to battle to figure out what is going to be the one city that's going to be remaining in the end. That makes perfect sense. I mean, what are you going to do with it when your god disappears? You have everybody fight. Thunderdome. Boom. Two cities enter. One city remains. I think there's a lot less Tina Turner in that, but yeah, <laughs> same same idea. You want it bigger? No, 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 that's all right. That's all right. I mean, there's a lot of characters that are just randomly kind of thrown into this story. And it is... It doesn't exactly clear up what they are or who they come from. So it kind of depends on whether you've read their stories, whether you're going to know them very well or not. Ultimately, I, I feel like it's presented relatively straightforward, and it kind of gives you an idea of what they're going to be doing in the next few books. All the Convergence tie-ins directly follow after this story, pretty much. Um, but I think the main meat of this story is going to be just the Convergence series, and I have a feeling it's not going to be really focusing around very many central characters. I think we're going to see a lot of different DC characters making big uh, kind of appearances in this, rather than actually focusing around one. If there's any character that I think is going to be really central to this story, it's the New 52 Superman. Well, from zero, I mean, that gives us an idea about that. It's hard to say, like, how important the Earth 2 character is going to be, because it seems like this comes right out of Earth 2 World's End, at least from what we understand it does. So, at least at the beginning, that's how it is. But, yeah, as far as the rest is concerned, if you weren't reading Earth 2's World's End, a lot of it would be missed. And if you weren't reading Earth 2, a bunch of these characters won't be recognizable to you. So, like... I mean, Grayson, which we talked about a lot earlier, well, earlier before the show, um, we have Dick Grayson running around in this, and it's Dick Grayson from Earth 2, but he's wearing the costume of Dick Grayson from the Grayson series, so it's slightly confusing if you're reading Grayson and never read Earth 2, because in Earth 2, he's not the same guy, mm-hmm. just because of everything else in the world, and Batman not being Bruce, there's a lot of reasons why that is, but that part I don't think was super clear, because otherwise you just see him and you're like, why is he acting that way? So I, I, I get people's disconnect there. Ultimately, I don't think it's that big a deal. Because it's pretty obvious he's not the same guy. I just wish they wouldn't have had him in the same costume. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't know if he was like, if he was in that gear 
at the at the end of the Earth Two series or not? That's a good question. I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't know that. Is that over? Uh, Earth yes. Two is yeah. Earth Two. World Earth Two's World's End is yeah. over. Well, Earth Two is over as well. Did Earth Two end also? Yeah. Oh, Earth Two ended. I think before Earth Two's World End even really? started. God, I thought there was no wishes that. No, they they're going to continue with a new title. Featuring the Earth 2 oh, characters. Oh, that's right, okay. So that's I think right. that's probably where you're... Retitled, rebranded. Yeah. Oh, Earth 2 Society or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like JSA almost. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, Rob, let's uh, score the book. Go. Uh, you know what? It's it's a lot better than, than Zero. I think it makes a lot more sense, and I think Zero will ultimately make sense once everything's said and done. Um, artwork is great on it. Story's not... Actually, story's pretty good. I have to give it probably about... I do go two point seventy five. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the book. I just, I don't know. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So, I don't know if like my own preconceptions kind of hurts it or or what. But I think it's going to be a good series overall. So we'll see as we go from this. Right. Well, and it's also weekly, and as far as books are concerned, it's going to happen fairly quick. And yeah. reading it as a whole, I think will be a lot different. I mean, if you're going week to week to week, I think. I don't know. It, it, it does change the pacing when they're writing a weekly book to a monthly book, too. Right. So, and I mean, some of that might be in there, too, is that they're kind of taking the idea that you're going to read four in a row. Maybe. Because, I mean, that would be like your monthly experience. Mr. Mike? Well, there's uh, some fairly cool stuff there. I mean, I haven't... Like, I'm, I'm not real well-versed on the history, like, Zero Hour... Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, I haven't read. But, you know, bits and parts, you know, like the Kingdom Come, Red Sun, um, some of the Crisis stuff I have read. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm into it enough. Um, the art's passable. It's all right. Um, for a first issue, you would, you would have thought that this would be the zero issue leading up to the brawls or melee. Right. But, yeah. you know... I didn't read the zero issue, so I don't know. But just based on that double-page spread at the end, where it shows all the different er- different uh, versions, and the Captain Carrot crew is in there, I'll give it a three just for that. <laughs> I, you know, you gotta have faith. I mean, DC. Since I've been back into comics, as far as the events go, they really haven't let 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 me down. Like some other publishers, I mean, kind of fell short. DC doesn't, you know, usually they, they do pretty well just from, from previous, previous events. Previous so you gotta have, have okay. to have a little faith. All right. Uh, Mr. Ross? I'd probably give it a two and a half. Uh, I liked it, that Injustice Superman was at the start. It wasn't very clear that it was Injustice Superman. I mean, he acted a lot like him, but I had to do some additional research to clarify that that's who that was. Right. Um, and I haven't read any of Earth 2, so I was a little bit confused on the characters there. But art was really good. Did you do your research on the beach this morning? or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just That's why I'm wearing my sandals, you know. <laughs> Carry on, dude. But uh, art was good. Ultimately, the story was kind of confusing to me a little bit. But I do get the feeling like it'll probably clear up in the next couple issues, unless they just continue to skip around other people fighting each other without explaining and all what's going on. But I don't think that'll be the case. 
You know, I, I certainly hope not, because a lot of the minis seem to be those fights. Yeah. So I do have one question that? that you would be able to answer. Maybe. You know, at first glance, that Telos, mm -hmm. I almost thought he was Relic. Oh, at yeah. first glance, because he. Okay. But is he supposed to be another version of Brainiac, or what's the deal? I or just one of his underlings. I think Talos is actually the physical manifestation of the planet. I don't think he's a Brainiac that we've ever seen before, but I think it's like if the planet had a, a central soul or a, a, a look, it would be Talos. It's like an avatar of the planet. So he's new. He's brand new. As far as right? I know. Hmm? Yeah, I don't think we've. I if if we've seen him, it's got to be something way in the past. Like, really, really old stuff that none of us are part of. Uh, and the way that he talks, he's, he just sounds like he's the planet. Because he, he makes it very clear that you've been like breathing me, you've been drinking me, you've been doing right. this. So, like, it makes me think that he's actually the planet that they're on themselves. And there's actually a few times, even in the first part of that story with the Injustice characters, where we're literally seeing a hand come out of the ground right, to kind of right. crush the city, which I, I think is actually... Talos. Now, there is a shot in there that we might be seeing this, like, King Brainiac, and he's all made of stone. And we just see him a little bit in Zero, but I don't know exactly what that's all going to mean, you know? From, from what I'm gathering so far, it sounds like the Brainiacs that were bottling cities were all emissaries of him, and they were doing stuff in a smaller scale. This scale of Brainiac, Talos, is actually gathering the last moments of a society and then bringing it to his own planet to live there. And so you have the collector who's collecting the entire society and his smaller collectors that are just collecting cities. And they're all going through all sorts of different realities. This, is, so. this is going to sound really weird coming from me, but the Brainiac thing kind of reminds me of Mr. Fantastic teaming up with all the other versions of Mr. Fantastic. Okay. On the planet thing. where there was a lot of them? Yeah. Okay, I can see that, yeah. yeah it makes pretty good sense, you know. So who's cooler then? Um, oh, Talos or the Beyonder? Oh, gosh. Are we taking into account the Jerry Curl hair? Uh, yep. What, 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 what century is it? Is it the 70s? Or is it Well, the only version of the Beyonder we know so far. Well, no, but I'm wondering what century are we supposed to be in? If we're in the 70s, then the Beyonder has a hand down, buddy. Yeah. He was bad back then. Flare jacket, <laughs> jerry curl hair, baggy parachute pants, all out. Secret now, if you're coming from, like, I don't know, this year? Secret Wars 2. Eh. Secret Wars we'll 2, see. Steve. Secret Wars 2. <laughs> no. No, Secret Wars 2 is just bad, so. We, we don't talk about it. It's like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. Right. No, you just forget about it. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about Secret War 2. Yeah, we, no, we don't. Although, I'm just saying, I'm gonna, gonna if we were ever to make a film with the Beyonder in it, Adam Sandler could be the Beyonder. <laughs> oh, my <Yep>. God. <laughs> I would totally take... From the Don't Mess With The Zohan? Yeah, they were right. You definitely no, could. Either that or, you know, from uh, from Wedding Singer, even. Like that oh, my God. Too. Oh, you're right. Hmm? The Wedding Singer, um, Adam Sandler, would definitely be the Beyonder. Uh, unfortunately, the Beyonder has proven himself to be... Ridiculous. So, <laughs> Talos was, was like hands down the better Beyonder for me. Well, yeah. And if, if you were going to have somebody play him, if James Earl Jones was still alive, perfect. James Earl Jones is still alive. No, he's not. I think he's gone. 
No, I'm pretty that's, sure that's he's news still to alive. me. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I thought he was gone. Was he Darth mm-hmm. Vader? No, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No. no, he's still around. He's still around. He, mm. No, he's still around. I swear. Well, that's good news then. Yeah, I think maybe I think it might be Clark Duncan. If not, who would voice him in the next movie? Oh, never mind. No. There's no Vader in the next movie. You shut up over there. <laughs> there might be Vader in the next movie. If it is, it's going to be that stupid kid from the first two. <laughs> it's gonna not be... the Podracer kid, the yeah, other maybe, one. Maybe they'll pull him back, the Podracer one. No. That'd be funny. Ja- Jack, go ahead and do the voice. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. No, you stop. He's he's actually probably a grown man by this point, all right? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he's he's got to be in his... At least early twenties. Maybe he's, I'm sure he's not doing anything else. I'm pretty you'll have sure to, he stopped acting. You have to excuse our ADD. Jake, Jake <laughs> we kind of gotten yeah. way Let off. Let me close this book and we'll move on to something different. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so uh, I give it a three. Also, art's good. Story was is decent. We're seeing a bunch of different realities smashed together. Uh, as far as that goes, I mean, I like multiple realities generally. So depending where it leads, I don't know. The beginning of the rabbit hole is okay. So I guess we'll see. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the next book, which is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Team Up number four. Is that questionable, or is that more of a statement? Well, it sounded like a question, but it is a statement. All right. It's Mr. Mike, you want, you want to tell us some, some stories about Guardians of the Galaxy Team Up? Yeah, written by John Lehman, and art, colors, and cover by Otto Schmidt. Sounds like a Nazi war criminal, huh? You know, when you say it that way, it kind of does. I don't think the man is, though. Well, probably not. <laughs> um, if so, he he does a good job drawing green ladies. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of him, but uh, he, he does all right. He does all right here. Um, this is basically just a quick little one-off story. Um, starts with Gamora running for her life. She's all on her own. Yep. She seems to have this. She has a she has a bounty out on her um, and this uh, character uh, with his clone his clones they're wanting to uh, uh, it's a pretty pretty good sized bounty so they're they're all over it maybe space pirates hunting her yes yeah, bounty hunters but she takes out uh, a fair amount of them so the uh, the boss is not super happy but uh, one of his underlings uh, informs him that she didn't get away unscathed um, she was cut by a blade that had a certain kind of poison on it should slow her down and then they took out one of her uh, her gadgets on her ship so she couldn't get very far and as luck would have it she ends up on earth but before we know that we cut to She-Hulk talking on the phone with her assistant in her law office talking about a witness that has gone missing in one of her cases and her assistant's a little concerned about her safety. She hopes not concerned about her safety. No, no, no. There's not a whole lot that can hurt her. No. Um, well, before we went to that, the, uh, the, the evil clone master, as I'll call him, says, how hard can it be to find a green-skinned woman on a planet of pink-skinned, hairless apes? So He's got a point there. Right. Well, as uh, luck would have it, um, his troops happen across She-Hulk. They think it's Gamora. Oh, honest mistake. Except well, yeah, sure. Size. And uh, they're expecting this uh, weakened uh, Gamora, and uh, that's not what they get. 
Um, She-Hulk kind of dispatches him fairly quickly. Um, and she hears about a little uh, problem in Central Park where she is supposedly uh, uh, roughhousing with uh, some of New York's finest. So, well, make a long story short, she goes to uh, investigate and runs across Gamora, who's not real in good shape. She's not very happy, and she's pretty pissed at everybody around her. She's pretty sure the police are actually emissaries of the... Uh, the Clone the Master. Clone master. <laughs> yes, of the Clone Master. <laughs> and uh, so she's she's pretty well whooping them. I mean, they're normal cop guys. Yeah. So, and she's Gamora. Right. So the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Right. Um, She-Hulk decides to take it upon herself to take care of this this issue. And takes Gamora back to her joint, gets her all patched up, and of course they become friends. They drink some whiskey, and they decide to handle the the problem. Uh, and since the Clone Master um, is kind of arrogant about his, you know, he has all these clones. Well, they figure they're going to follow suit and have a clone of their own, which he, she passes She Hulk off as a Gamora clone. And uh, they meet, and uh, they, they surprise the guy, and they uh, get him in a get get him in a situation where he uh, he has to give it give up the ghost and uh, leave, or face the consequences. Right. But before the story is over, there's still the uh, the problem with the missing witness. Oh right, yes. So they decide. Well. The clone thing works for two Gamoras. Well, how about two She-Hulks? <laughs> so they switch uh, the, the character line up there, and they go track down their, their missing witness, and chaos ensues, and all ends up well, and they decide to hang out, and that's that. It's a pretty, pretty simple story, really. Right. It's just one. It's kind of a one-and-done fun story. Team-up book, yeah. Yeah, not bad. I'd give it a, I'd give it a three. Well, good stuff. Mr. Ross? I'd give it a 3-2. Not a 3-2, a 3 also. <laughs> good job. <laughs> it sounds like it's a really cool concept, and having both the green-skinned girls team up is kind of a cool thing. So, Right. All right. Um, you know, I'd give it a 3 also. Like, book-wise, it was, it was fun. You know, i actually give it a 3.5. It's fun. Having the two play off each other is pretty cool. Um, whenever they have She-Hulk dress up like Gamora, she adds the, the eyeliner to herself, so they match a little more, and that was pretty cool. And I like Jennifer whenever they use her in a way that, I don't know, makes sense and is not drawn tastelessly. So I'm pretty happy with this book, and it was fun. It was a fun read. Rob? I, I'd go with three and a half as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was nice to bring Gamera out of the Guardians, and I think she's a character who kind of tends to lose a little bit of personality in the group book, and I think this one, like, worked towards her personality quite a bit. Uh, and it was fun to see She-Hulk doing stuff again, so, yeah. Oh, but, before we, the next issue is right. Rocket Raccoon and the Pet Avengers. Oh, oh man. man, that sounds awesome. Right? Yeah. So the next team-up book should be one to look for, I guess. Some Rocket and the, well, you know, the Frog, Throg, Thor Frog. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Alright, so uh, from uh, that, let's move on to the reanimator number one. Is that 
Okay. All right. Uh, it's coming out of Dynamite, featuring uh, the reanimator from uh, the reanimator movies. Uh, West? Herbert West? Herbert West, yeah. Ross, what do you know about the reanimator? I know that there's a lot of gory stuff in it, and it's not fun to watch while eating dinner. I remember one time, this has nothing to do with the story at all, this one time Ross told me a story about how Curtis made him watch reanimator while trying to eat dinner. And I thought it was hilarious. Because there's green stuff and gross stuff. It's it, awesome. it was definitely not a bad movie, but I probably shouldn't have been eating no, it's a bad movie. to watch it. It's a bad movie, but it's fun. For being a bad movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad movies is in, like, good bad. Does that make sense? It has its moments where it's uh, it's pretty over the top. <laughs> so. Awesome. All right, so uh, Reanimator. Uh, we've got Keith uh, Davison working on the book, writing-wise. Uh, Randy Valentine doing the art for it. Um, book-wise, I mean, it's it's fairly entertaining. I don't know. Art-wise, it, I mean, it's a simple type story. It's it's uh, it's Reanimator, you know. It's going to be a four-issue miniseries. Um, cool thing, well, I, don't know, I guess when the book first opens up, we open up with this other doctor lady. And uh, we want to find out about her past, and they kind of go through that for a minute and explain that she's lost a loved one, who, the man who's supposed to be her husband. And uh, since he's passed on, she's uh, lost her love for life, and so she's turned to, like, selling drugs. Out. She's a doctor, so she's turned to selling drugs out of her science lab and doing things just to get a thrill because she doesn't feel like there's any place for her in the world, which is very, uh, very reanimator-esque. I mean, it's his whole personality. Um, anyway, so she's decided that now that's boring her too. This is kind of where we pick up the story at. She's decided she's going to cut off the drug dealers and not sell them the chemicals she was getting them anymore. And of course, they don't like that so much. The important thing to learn here is do not tell the drug dealers that this is your last shipment. No, yeah, you don't tell them. You just show up, take the money, and then go home. But apparently she decides she's going to tell them this is the last shipment and then show up with the, the stupid... Then you show up with the drugs, really? She's like, Slappy, this is my two-week notice. I'm only going to hook you up one more time. <laughs> That's You don't do it that way. Is Slappy really his name? No. Oh, no. But Slappy the drug enough. dealer sounds pretty good to me. Yep. I think mm-hmm. he like. That's pretty funny. I, I don't think they name him. No, he's, he, he, he does have a name. It, 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 I want to say it was Fletcher or Fletch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fletch. So, yeah, it, Slappy is just as good. Anyway, he used to uh, work with a dude that we called Slap Nuts. I think that's something different. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I think that's, that's yeah. I, I have that's, a feeling that's a different story. That's something oh, okay. different. I just thought I'd put it in my two cents. Worth. All right. Well, you know. Thank you. Peanut gallery. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Slappy the drug dealer, man. So him and his partner both decided that uh, they're not going to pay for the last shipment because why should they pay for it if they're not getting any more? There's no incentive to pay, which is why Rob is trying to teach you a lesson about. Not telling him it's your last deal. Anyway, so they decide they're going to rough her up and basically kill her. In the process, um, she is rescued by uh, Herbert, uh, the reanimator, and his giant golem man. Um, who He's basically Frankenstein. We don't really see his face because it's shrouded. Um, I have a feeling I know who it is, but at the same time, he, that was spoiled ending. Anyway, so the two of them save, save the girl uh, by killing Fletch by shooting him in the face. And then uh, the golem punches through the other guy's chest. Uh, pretty pretty bloody, but, you know, makes sense for the reanimator. You know, she's pretty okay with this whole idea, because, I mean, after all, they were going to kill her, and, well, why not a crazy doctor and Frankenstein savior? Uh, in the process, uh, Herbert explains to her that, you know, this isn't normal for him, that uh, if they weren't saving her, then they probably wouldn't have killed the guys. 
Um, and then he asked her if she wants a job, because he realizes what she's selling to the drug dealers, and being that he's a super smart doctor guy anyway, uh, he realized the only way you can get access to that kind of stuff is if you were like him, I mean, intelligent-wise. And he's needed a assistant for quite a while, and he sees that she's bored with life, so, hey, you're like me, so join me. So, fairly quickly, he convinces her to come work with him, and of course he shows her all the crazy animator experiments, like animals put together from other pieces of animals, uh, crazy chemicals being injected into things, he explains to her about his last foray into death with, uh, there was, a, there was a mini-series that happened to him where he was resurrected by magic. Anyway, uh, there's a mention of that in here. It, it's fine. You gloss over. It's okay. Uh, as we go a little farther on, uh, we get further into Herbert's laboratory, and we see all the different corpses he's been collecting from various uh, sources. Not people he killed himself, but like people collected, like homeless people that weren't taken care of by the forensics labs, stuff like that. Uh, so he's got an amalgam of random pieces. From there, we, we wind up finding out that Herbert has taken her motto of selling chemicals to drug dealers in order to make money, which is how he funds paying her and doing crazy science. And Herbert is he's almost in the same place, except that he didn't tell them he was done. He just limits the amount he gives them because he doesn't want to work for them. He wants to sell to them. And, of course, the drug dealer guys aren't very happy about that. Um, they take the drugs back to their leader, Who's a man that worships Cthulhu in like a crazy naked ceremony type thing he does, I guess? I don't remember if they named the ceremony or not, but he winds up killing a guy and praying to the statue or the entity. And then having a party afterwards where everybody gets high, which makes perfect sense, I guess. He's pretty creepy, he's got a cool Cthulhu mask. You know? Now, isn't Herbert's drug made from the things he's brought back? Uh, yes, it's part of the chemicals he uses to reanimate uh, the dead. So it's like mixing heroin with uh, LSD, with um, uh, ecstasy, all at the same time. He's real careful to tell the drug dealers not to use too much because it'll do things that are worse than just a crazy nightmare. Probably kill you, I guess. Like anything else. But yeah, the the main reason why Cthulhu Man is taking this particular drug is because it makes him so crazy that he can see Cthulhu. Which may be real, maybe not be. I, don't, I guess the next issue will probably tell us that. Um, anyway, we wind up finding out that our, our crazy Cthulhu Man is also a very wealthy drug-dealing businessman. And it came from a wealthy family. As we meet the other side of the street, which is the more thuggish type drug dealers. Um, and of course they have a dispute because the rich paparazzi type, he, he's taking the business away from our normal hard-working thug. And, uh, in the process, the normal hard-working thug decides, well, the only way we can stop this is if we take out his distributor. So, uh, he hire, gets his own group of people to go, basically go after Herbert to take him out. Because if they can't buy his drug from him, then they'll just kill him. Which I guess is normal in that kind of situation. So we fast-forward a little farther, and, uh, one of Herbert's experiments has escaped in the lab, so we asked the uh, assistant to help him find these crazy pincher crab things that have, like, a scorpion tail on them. Because you wouldn't want one of them sneaking up on you in the dark. So as they both chase after those. Uh, she winds up running into one of the rooms and knocking a bunch of papers off the desk. Uh, in the paper, she winds up finding that he's got a file about her that's dated back to before she was sad in life. Which is kind of creepy and weird. And it turns out that maybe Herbert was around whenever her fiance died which is also slightly strange so that brings up a lot more questions and mostly for her with herbert um 
Herbert comes into the room. He's like, did you catch the other crab thing? She's like, oh, yeah, I caught him. And she yeah, tries to act like she didn't see the papers and puts them away. Uh, but in, in the back of her head, her mind thoughts are, what was he doing there? How could he possibly be there? Dun, dun, dun. And that's our cliffhanger for the book. So, uh, you know, the reanimator's about to get himself some trouble with some gangsters, and he's selling drugs to Cthulhu Man, which is crazy. It's pretty awesome, actually. And he has his own Frankenstein. <laughs> which is double awesome. Yep, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> Book-wise, you know, I give it two and a half. I mean, I, the, art's, the art's okay. I mean, it's not, it's not indicative of, like, I don't know. It's, it, it's not bad art. It fits the story with what we got going on. Like, as far as that goes, there's way worse stuff out there. But book-wise, uh, it's not what I generally like. But because it's supposed to be a horror story-esque type thing, I like it. Uh, the story itself, I don't know, it's fairly interesting for the first book. I mean, it's a miniseries, so I guess we'll see where it goes. Plus, we don't get a whole lot of reanimator stuff just in general. So if you're a fan of the reanimator, then you should like this book. Uh, anyway, my score, two and a half. Rob? Uh, I'd probably go ahead and give it a three. I, I enjoyed it. It did make me want to go back and, like, check out the reanimator again. Um, I feel like Herbert's almost drier than the character in, in the story, but at the same time, like, I don't know how you'd portray that. It'd be so hard in well, a comic. He's very bland whenever he answers her, which is, like, indicative of Herbert in general. He's very mm -hmm. matter-of-fact about everything. That's true. Like, whenever they kill the two, whenever him and the golem kill the two uh, thugs that were going to kill her, he's like, yep, normally we wouldn't do this, but, you know, you were in trouble. Yeah. It's very, like, it just fits the character. Anyway, go on. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, it, it, it made me harken back to the films. I want to you know, check them out again, so it did its job. It's, it feels like a reanimator piece, so. All right. Mr. Mike? I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but uh, you're going to give it a two and a half. All right. All right. The, uh, who's the, 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 there's like four different covers. The the one is the guy who did the covers for uh man, Watchmen, uh the Osmi Deus series. This is Jay Lee. Yeah, Jay Lee's cover is awesome. Yeah. It's great. The other ones are good too, but the Jay Lee one's really like I don't know, it's creepy awesome. Anyway, uh Mr. Ross. Just on concept alone, from what I've heard from you, not from actually reading it at all. Okay. I'm gonna give it a three and a half because it sounds Damn. awesome. We got Frankenstein type thing, Cthulhu. It's true. The crazy crab pincher animal. Yep. He's got two of them. That it sounds awesome to me. They, they are messed up looking. Crazy Frankenstein science. Sweet. That was it was enough for me to jump on Hulu and like look for Reanimator. I found Return <laughs> to Reanimator. Oh man. Which probably is terrible, but I'll tell you what. It starts off with a shambling corpse with its face all ripped open, trying to drink milk. <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah, it's hard to go too wrong with that. Of course, after he attacked the lady, he passed by com completely two kids, <laughs> killed the lady, and then tried to drink some milk. So, Well, he's thirsty, Rob. Yeah, well, I'd be thirsty, too, if I had no jaw, <laughs> which is what it, you know, like bacon hanging out. It's so disgusting. Yeah, it's oh, uh, man. it was it was interesting. Fantastic. So you know that's on Hulu. You can check it out for free. All right, <laughs> Mr. Ross, you want to tell us a story about Batman and the Arkham Knight? Yeah. Um, just a heads up. I didn't read the first issue of this. It's all right. But ironically enough, I didn't feel as lost going into this as I did going into Convergence. But yeah, Convergence is like just boom right yeah. in the face. Um, 
And it, it definitely takes place after the game Arkham City. And they reference Arkham City a lot in it. Right. Well, this is the go-between for the next game. So. Yeah, and it, it starts with uh, Joker kind of filming himself and filming a cop tied up. It's pretty creepy, actually. But yeah. yeah. I like that he, he gives the origin stories, and he gives his origin stories like a mix of Superman and Batman, which is pretty funny. It's, it's pretty awesome, actually, when he's, he's that little Joker right in the rocket. It's mm. great. Talked about how the diapers weren't absorbent back on his home planet. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it skips to Batman fighting several of the Arkham inhabitants, I guess you could say. Inmates, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm assuming th- this part I was kind of lost on because this had to have been Joker in the past. Because if you know the Arkham City game and right. all, he supposedly dies at the end of it. Yeah. Right. Supposedly. You're talking about when he's videotaping himself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, Does it actually say that there? And the I just first, missed it. In the first book, they have the tape show up. Oh, so okay. Bruce has already watched. Because we wind up seeing him play the tape over and over again in this issue. And Alfred's like, I don't know how you can keep watching that. And Bruce is like, I like to watch things. Gotcha. He didn't okay. say that. But that's what, In the first book, he winds up seeing the tape the first time. So it's something that's been left that was revealed after Joker was dead, almost like a legacy kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, then you get to Commissioner Gordon, who's calling Batman, which I think it's kind of funny that he has Batman on his phone. Well, he's the commissioner. Of course he, he does. Yep. And you can't fire up the bat signal and just call them on your cell phone. Well, it's a lot easier, man. <laughs> the, the bat signal is expensive to turn on. No. It's not cloudy. And if you're upstairs, you know, well, you've got to be cloudy. He's right about that. <laughs> I think it's always cloudy there, though. Well, that's true. It is kind of. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Um, but it seems like he has got the Joker toxin somehow. Not sure how that happened at all. No idea. Um, but... In the process of that, I think this is hilarious, because Batman shows up to get Commissioner Gordon, and instead of, like, sneaking in, he's, like, breaks straight through the window of the police department. He's in a hurry, Ross. Jim's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, funny. It's, like, the least sneaky Batman there's ever been. Except for, I'm sure, everyone in that police office was terrified at that point in time. (laughs) That's understandable. That's probably about how I play Batman in the game the first time. That's what I was thinking. Totally trash. It's it's, it's totally a video game book, because that's exactly how you would do it in the game, too. You wouldn't walk in the door. You would smash through the window if you had the option. (laughs) Right. Um, Batman is taking uh, Gordon to Blackgate, or what's left of Blackgate. They make a comment about how Gotham never seems to change how they do things. They just keep continuing to build on their destruction, I guess. Paint over the old and just add a new coat of paint and go forward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Batman pulls another video game tactic and just blows open the wall for Harley Quinn's cell and kidnaps Harley Quinn out out of her cell so she can get the information on how... Where the antitoxin could be, possibly. Right. And Harley Quinn has convinced herself somehow that she is no longer insane or no longer afflicted by... Well, it's pretty hilarious, actually, because when he breaks her out, she's in the process of giving herself therapy treatment by laying on a bed with a stuffed... A stuffed inmate uniform with, like, a target painted on the face as if it's her psychiatrist. Yeah. It's really kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, 
And as he, as you go, they bring Harley Quinn back to the Joker's old lair that you played in Arkham City. Um, and he basically just threatens her that if you don't tell me exactly where this is, you're going to live through the suffering. Or what's yeah, it's Batman tactics, yeah. man. You know, shake the lady down a little bit. Uh, from there you find that Harley Quinn, as soon as Joker was gone, had been in contact with Killer Croc and may or may not have struck up a deal with him. And you find out that this is she's leading Batman to the right place, but she's also leading him to Killer Croc all at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's very hardly ask. 50% of the answer, 50% of the time, something like that. Yeah. Um, Batman fights Croc, and Croc is trying to eat the serum so that the guy can't get it. And, um, as you get to the end, Harley, I'm assuming, escapes from the looks of things. That's the way it looks, yeah. And she finds the penguin. And I thought this was odd because it looked like a Joker thug was with the penguin, but I guess it wasn't. It was one of the one-armed guys that has his face painted. Well, at this point, the Joker's dead, so I'm sure that everyone's just falling wherever they fell. And that's what I thought, but he yeah. refer- he didn't refer to Harley Quinn as Harley Quinn. He referred no. to her as, like, the clown girl or something. Mm. Well, there was two one-armed guys in the previous game. Was there? Yeah, there was one that was, uh... Okay, well, this is tricky because they never explained it in the game. There's one that's for the clown, and there's one that's for the penguin in, in Arkham... Uh, in Arkham City. City. And uh, in the comics, they actually go further into them, and they basically go, oh, yeah, they're a Siamese twin act that used to be a part of the circus that were joined at the arm. And they were the Siamese twins slash strongmen. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, it winds up being through circumstances that the Joker actually has them separated. Uh-huh. And they thought that the one that um, the Penguin winds up having actually died because of the operation so they like dumped him in front of penguins building and oh, just okay. left without him um but yeah they're they're both in the game and they're actually opposite arms of one another is what's missing but they're both like crazy big steroid guys gotcha mm-hmm. cool and then uh ends with harley quinn seemingly teaming up with the penguin not sure what the motives are there or anything but Pretty cool book overall, though. Um, I liked that it felt like it was a video game reading it. Like, I thought that was hilarious that he just blew open the walls and stuff and right. went through the windows. Well, a lot of the tactics are very game-oriented tactics. Generally, video game books, just generally, don't usually pay out very well. Like they do okay, and sometimes you learn background stuff. But most of the Batman stuff has been pretty good. Yeah, I'll give you in the most recent incarnations of things. Even the Halo stuff's pretty good, and Injustice. Injustice is pretty good. Injustice so, is really like, good. Back in, in the nineties, eighties, nineties, video game books kind of terrible. This more re- recent, since two thousand, probably three ish, um, have been a lot better uh, as far as books are concerned. But generally, used to be rule of thumb if it was a video game book, yeah, no. But since I don't know, yeah, since the early two thousand, it's been a lot better. Like this one's that way too. Mr. Ross, you score a book? Yeah, I would give it a three and a half out of five. Really quick, there was one really, really cool panel in here that was really creepy, where Batman first descends into the Joker's pit. Right. And Killer Croc is right behind him. Yep. You can't really tell it's Killer Croc, though. It's just, like, weird face with fangs and stuff standing behind him. 
The way it's set up is pretty creepy. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Um, the artist did a really good job with that. And Tomasi's writing was really good in it, too. Right. Well, I mean, it helps that it's, yeah, Tomasi, so. Yeah. Right, well, um, I would give it a three, three, three also. Uh, or three, a three, because Ross gave it three and a half. Um, <laughs> the cover's awesome. I, I like the, the way the, the Harley Quinn looks. Um, I like the way she plays throughout the book. I mean, it, it's very indicative of the video game. The video game her versus the current comic her is different. Um, however, like, the similarities are still there. Like, her whole psychiatry on herself thing. And the, after Batman first takes her, she's like, well, now that you know I'm single, I guess you could at least ask me out on a date, is basically what she's saying to him. Which is not, obviously, what he's there for at all, as he's interrogating her. Hilarious. Uh, Rob, score? Uh, I give him a three and a half. Surprisingly enough, the Batman Arkham games... Like the comics form have actually been fantastic. They they've done a good job of giving you extra information. Um, whatever they change in the game sometimes actually has a deeper root in the comic. For instance, Oswald's uh, monocle. We actually get to see that happen in the comics. Along with that, his also his possession of Solomon Grundy, which was something that was in the games but really not very explained well. They wound up doing that in the comics. Um, this one's going to be pretty crazy, because, I mean, one of the biggest mysteries, of course, is who is the Arkham Knight, which I don't even think we even bother with in this issue. No, no not so, at all. So, um, yeah, so it, it, we need to see where they go with this particular incarnation of it. Mr. Mike? Well, just based off the uh, croc in the background picture alone, it's three. <laughs> it is pretty creepy. Like, that particular scene is, is done really well. And I thought that Tomasi's writing a video game tie-in book. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Uh, okay, so Rob, uh, let's see. Let's move on to uh, Avengers Millennium number one. All right. Um, this is actually a very interesting title. It's not actually rooted in any of the timelines that we have going on right now in Marvel. So we're still seeing Steve Rogers as Captain America. We're seeing most of the movie cast of the Avengers. So Scarlet Witch, uh, Iron Man, Thor... Um, Quicksilver, Quicksilver uh, the Hulk, but then we also add in Spider-Man. Right. Um, when we open this book, it's it's actually dealing with Quicksilver and how his power works and explaining how quickly he can move and how much what he does can actually dis disturb and kind of distort things around him that we don't even think about. Like, so as he's running over the ocean, it's talking about the wake of his footsteps and how that affects the water and how it hurts the plant life or the animal life that's in the water and it's all this stuff that we go through in a single day or at least in this case Quicksilver does without even thinking about at all. Um, in this particular instance he's rushing to Stark Tower or Avengers Tower and Iron Man picks him up and realizes that he's coming in and realizes that there's something wrong with him like he's he's pushed himself to the max. Um, he winds up meeting up with Hawkeye and Green Arrow, and of course Jarvis is like freaking hey, out. Hawkeye and who? Oh, I'm sorry. He meets up with Hawkeye <laughs> and Spider-Man. There you go. That's interesting. Yes, Green Arrow makes a special appearance. Yay! Well, they kind of look That's the same. That's about to be a really crazy book. Yeah, the dual archers. <laughs> no, I, I, Hawkeye and, uh... Spider-Man. Now I can almost not not say it. <laughs> when I'm catching up with uh, with Quicksilver, 
Uh, and Jarvis is kind of freaking out because he's like, oh my gosh, he's he needs medical attention. And Hawkeye's like, no, no, he just needs like a cheeseburger, a couple of dozen cheeseburgers. And Spider-Man's like, don't worry, he's a, he's a doctor. It's, it's okay, believe him. <laughs> and uh, they wind up getting cheeseburgers, and it starts this whole debate between Spider-Man and Hawkeye about what's the best cheeseburger. Which Spider-Man's like, yep, yeah, Five Guys burgers are totally the way to go, it totally fixed him up. And Hawkeye's like, oh yeah, it's best in town until we get a In-N-Out burger. And they wind up having this whole thing that runs through the rest of the book about In-N-Out burger versus Five Guys and the different topics and like how you know, Spider-Man's like all about having the choices and Hawkeye's like, no, I just want a burger, I just want to have a burger, I just want to get it and go. And it winds up becoming something that like goes back and forth the whole rest of the issue, so no matter what's going on... Like, Hawkeye and Spider-Man are still dealing with this, and, like, everybody else is like, oh, my God, stop talking. <laughs> it's um, really pretty hilarious. And if you think about it, if you've had Five Guys and you've had In-N-Out, you can understand the debate. Well, and it's also a debate that people have. People people always compare different restaurants and different food places. It's kind of cool to have that in the comic because, I mean, it's really not something that, that needs to take place. It doesn't even matter, but it's hilarious. Yeah, it adds a lot of personality to these two characters and makes the story pretty fun but the whole reason that quicksilver showed up was that scarlet witch and he found a um, hydra base that seemed to be eh, pretty low scale but for some reason wanda was getting a reading from it that was really off the charts and that they have to investigate it and like he's laying out this whole thing about how they were on vacation they found out about this and spider-man's like wait a minute you went on vacation what's vacation like <laughs> like, I don't get vacation. And then by the end of it, they're like uh, ready to go to this place, and Spider-Man's like, oh, I'm going to go to vacation to Japan, which is where they're going anyways. <laughs> so, but yeah, they wind up getting down there and fighting the Hydra agents and find out that like, there was barely anybody there. This, it's almost like this operation doesn't even have any real point towards Hydra. Which is really strange since... Scarlet Witch was reacting to it like it was something that was going to really change things. Well, as they investigate the uh, the base, they find a time door in the bottom of it. And uh, it begs to ask the question, well, what kind of super group, super villain group has a time door that they're not using? And I think it's Iron Man that comes up with the uh, the idea that you know it's the kind of super villain group that's already won. So somehow, whatever they've done in the past, whatever they're doing in the future, is solidifying Hydra's victory. And so that's kind of where we begin this this issue. But like, uh, this reminds me of all the stuff that was coming out from New Avengers, where it was a lot of back and forth between Spider-Man and Luke Cage. Spider-Man and Hawkeye totally cover this whole book, pull it along, and it's a lot of fun to read. Right on. Uh, Rob, can we give a score? Um, I actually give it a 4.5. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the way it feels. I like the banter between those two characters. Um, could be a little bit more action, but I think ultimately it's going to work out really well. And this book is also going to be coming out very fast, because it's a, it's a weekly book as well. Right. A weekly, I want to say it's, a, it's throughout the month of April, so uh, one for every week. I believe it's a five-part, if I remember right. I guess I'd have the research, because I don't actually remember that for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a five-part. Uh, but yeah, like like you were saying, the whole Five Guys versus In and Out Burger conversation, the entire thing, hilarious. I like how that plays out, and the artwork for it is fantastic. Oh yeah, it looks good. It's a good looking book. 
Uh, Mr. Mike, you a score? Oh, on a quick run through, I'll give it a three. All right. Well, Mr. Ross, I'd probably give it a three as well. I do like the the banter, I guess, between the two of them, right. and, and I like the personality there. So yeah, good times. All right. Uh, you know, I would I would give it a four also. Actually, like the art is pretty stellar. Um, we've seen number two already, so we already know that it continues forward in there. And, like, the way the characters play with each other continues forward. So, book-wise, I mean, it, it's fairly entertaining. And I'll give you, it's not as heavy as what's going on in the regular Avengers stuff. I mean, Hickman Run has been pretty, been pretty good, but it's super heavy. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, not quite as heavy. Granted, we're only two issues in, and I'm sure by the time we get through half of issue three, things will be a little more detrimental, because that's how things work. But as far as the book's concerned... It's more of a, I don't know, it, it it was just fun to read. Just a fun book. Yeah, it feels like a, a lighter Avengers title right now. Since there's been so much going on with Avengers, this is a nice, just Avengers story. Right. Alright. Uh, well, book-wise, I guess that wraps that up. So, uh, let's see. Uh, books to watch. Uh, Mike? Well, first off, I just got... Caught up with Deadly Class, right? By Mr. Remender and Mr. Craig, right? Um, continues to be a great book. Really captures the feel of the '80s, late '80s. He nails it, right? Um, of course, Black Science, right? Uh, kind of thinking that uh, upcoming Marvel uh, Squadron Sinister looks pretty cool, right? We were talking about that the other day, yeah. And there's going to be a Try it again. The last one was okay, but uh, Master of Kung Fu is going to have another mini. Um, other than that, the upcoming Aquaman title, Trevor McCarthy and uh, Colin Bunn. Right. I'm really looking for. I'm really excited about that. All right. Cool. Mr. Ross? Uh, the big new Sonic Mega Man crossover, which is turning into just Capcom Sega crossover. Right. Sounds like it'll be really, really cool. I like crossovers in general and video games, so it's like right up my alley. Uh, really excited to see what comes from that. Uh, of course, Damien, Son of Batman, will be really cool when we eventually get there. It looks really, really sweet. And then the Star Trek Green Lantern that we talked oh, about yeah. at the start. That sounds cool. What? One more team up, surprisingly enough. In the near future. I think the next Scooby-Doo team-up that's coming out is with Superman, but the one after that is going to be Scooby-Doo with Johnny Quest. So that'll be really, really cool to see Johnny Quest in a comic again. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, the promo picture that they're showing for Batman and Son, freaking awesome. Looks mm. great. You know, Robin, Son of Batman? Robin, Son of Batman, yes. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> hey, Rob, books to watch? Uh, I still say Mortal Kombat, actually. We've got a little bit more before the series is out. They're actually doing a fantastic job with it, so that's a really good one. Um, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers has actually been terrific. I know that they're probably going to be capping that here soon, changing the title or whatnot. Um, Justice League has been fantastic. Uh, Teen Titans looks like it's going to turn into something even cooler here pretty soon. So... There's a lot of really good titles out there right now. And, of course, Ninja Turtles had a huge thing that just happened, but the Ninja Turtles has been a fantastic run from the beginning till now. So 
totally keep a track of that book. Right on. Um, see, book-wise, gosh, man, I, I still say Revival. I mean, it's still really good. Um, I think we're all pretty, all, all of us are pretty interested in the Robin Son of Batman, so I'll, I'll continue with that, too, because um, I think it'll be awesome. And Mr. Pat Gleason, of course. Uh, man. East of West is still really good. Like, uh, I still like that one. It's Hickman also. Yeah, that's good. It's, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, gosh, man, I feel like there was another one that I read really recently that I felt like I liked a lot. Are you caught up with Witches? I, uh, not the newest issue, no. That took a, that took a crazy leap. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah. There was one more for me as well, uh, with Power Girl and, and Harley Quinn. It's going to be oh, a miniseries. yeah. It looks fantastic. Well, in being that it's still Amanda Connors and Jimmy, so it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, just a spin out of what happened to Harley like three months ago, which was awesome too. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I think it'll be really cool. Man, I feel like there was something else that was... I don't remember what it was. And, of course, for Curtis, always continue to follow Invincible. It's not fallen down. It's It's been pretty dang phenomenal for a long, long time. So, definitely, if you haven't checked out Invincible, there's a 25-cent issue out right now. Check that out. But it's been it's been solid for a long while. And I said watch for Chrononauts issue 2. Or the second print with the Back to the Future poster cover, because it looks awesome, and it's, it is awesome. First issue is great. Descender also great. Man, I was having both those like a lot actually. I haven't read that one yet. You haven't I'm read Descender yet? No, oh I man! I remember we talked about yeah. it before. And no, and yeah, yeah it's, I think it's you'd good. like that one too. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah, you'd like that one. Alright, uh, is there anything else, lads? Oh, Ecopocalypse as well. Ecopocalypse. Oh, Apocalypse, yes. Yes. Keep, keep your eyes open for that. If you haven't tried it yet, you really should. Yeah, still keeping me Anything you like time travel-wise, yeah, it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mike, anything else? Well, I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, I know it came out, what, last week? Or did it come out this week? Jupiter Circle? Uh, last week, yeah. The origin story of the heroes from Jupiter's Legacy. Right. I was kind of interested in that. Yeah, Jupiter's Legacy was actually pretty darn cool. I mean, it took mm -hmm. too long to get done, but yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to do with it. So, And I love the snarky cover of the Super Friends. So. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. One of the covers was Super Friends-esque. That's cool. To make you happy, Ross. Did you, did you see it, Ross? Uh-uh, not yet. We can probably fix no, it for cool. you. I believe it. I'll have to look at it. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up then. Uh, Taki? Taki? Nope. Taki? Oh, come on, Mike. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> that, by the way, that was Rob imitating Curtis, imitating Mike. Perfect. That'll work. Wakana, 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 tananda. I'm in a one-night.